What if you knew your animal better than anyone else, including your vet? What if you knew where to go for information covering a variety of different topics that allow you to choose the care you would like for the furry member of the family? What if this information can be found with even more ease than ever before? Get ready to listen, share, and question what animal care used to be and where it can go. Now, here is the host of Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show, Certified Animal Chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper. Hello, hello. Welcome to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with me, Dr. Andy, your host. I am a certified animal chiropractor, access consciousness facilitator, and energetic magic with animals practitioner. And I'm here today to empower you to know what you know about your animal. Today's show is Magical Animal Acupuncture with my very special guest and very good friend, Dr. Holly Foster. And we are going to go over what is acupuncture. And so throughout this hour, I invite you to ask your questions, share your animal stories, join us on this radio adventure. And you can always reach us in a variety of ways. You can call them in at 815-880-8255 in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, 033-0001-0625 UK, Skype them in at a2zen.fm, and then chat them in at www.a2zen.fm. And if you go to the webpage along the top, choose chat room, follow the directions. Um, it's actually a lot of fun because you can see all the chatting we're doing and all the other questions that may or may not even make it to the air. Um, and you can ask your questions live, and, and we will um, attempt to get them on the air live. So how cool is all of that? So before we um, meet Dr. Foster, let's expand out. Um, as big as the room you're in. We're going to expand out as big as the house, as big as your town, as big as the country you're in, as big as the world, all in front, behind, out both sides, up and down, and as big as the universe. And we're going to ask all of our animals to join us. And what would the animals like the world to know about animal acupuncture? So good morning, Dr. Foster. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. So Dr. Foster received her Doctor of Veterinary Medicine from Colorado State University in 1983. She practiced general medicine and emergency medicine for 12 years. Then she took the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society course in 1990, um, became certified in veterinary acupuncture in 91, um, and then you left general practice in 95, and she began her holistic practice, Acupuncture for Animals, um, and has been doing that for the last 20 years. Over those years, she's added home toxicology, also called bioregulatory medicine, nutritional counseling, and osteopathy. Wow, Dr. Foster. <laughs> um, you can all you can get a hold of that. I just can't quit going to school. <laughs> I, well, you know, we t- we tend to be um, what terminal students. Um, you can get a hold of Dr. Foster after the show at 303-456-4136. So we're going to start with this really easy question, and it's, it won't take you long to answer. What is acupuncture? I'm kidding, obviously. Um, I mean, that's a yeah. huge umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> so acupuncture is was developed in Asia, um, started on people and kind of transferred to animals, and it's was originally the placing of very small needles into very tiny microscopic nerve plexus. So um, not a big nerve like you would think of the sciatic nerve or something big, but little tiny 
nerve nerve networks that are only seen microscopically. And originally, they just knew the results they were getting. Of course, now they do biopsies of what they call acupuncture points and have determined that there's all the blood vessels and nerves in these points. And they stimulate the body, mostly, some electrically, but mostly through neurotransmitters to get changes in the body. And so what are those little neurotransmitters? Everything from serotonin and dopamine, um, the... Um, Everything that's internal in the central nervous system as well as peripheral. So the regular neurotransmitters that help when your brain tells your finger to move, all the neurotransmitters that are used along the way to do that, all the neurotransmitters that cause your body to regulate its hormones, everything from thyroid to sex hormones to um, your emotional hormones, your adrenal hormones, and then the, the serotonins and Dopamines are the ones that most people are familiar with and think of when you think of moods and pain control. So does acupuncture help with pain modulation? That's, that is what acupuncture has studied most, um, and it really does help with pain. Um, releases all of the endorphins and enkephalins and serotonin, so all of the neurochemicals that send you to your happy place and help moderate pain and also interferes with the inflammatory cycle and the cytokinines and the drugs that create inflammation. So it can help break inflammatory cycles and long-term inflammation like chronic arthritis. But it would, So we're talking chronic and we're talking maybe an acute injury. This can acute. Help modulate. We can, yeah, well, you can do both. Chronic and acute. You could do both. Yeah. The problem with acute injuries, in a chronic injury... Generally, those nerves are just tired, and they just keep repeating the same signal. It hurts, it hurts, it hurts, over and over and over again. And you put a needle in, and they don't even notice the needle. And then they go, oh, oh, now it doesn't hurt anymore. And in acute injury, they're screaming, this really hurts. And you put a needle in, and they're going, this really, really, really hurts. And then 15 seconds later, they go, okay, this is really good. So a lot of times, if an animal is nervous or hasn't had acupuncture before, I hesitate to work on super acute injuries just because they'll associate it with further pain, even though it felt better later. And, and acute, um, when we use that word, it's it's brand new injuries, something that they did yesterday, they did a few days ago, rather than yeah, I usually, the arthritis I usually, that built up over years. Over years. I usually think of acute as something that occurred in the last two to three days. Yeah. So even something that's two weeks old, say an injury to a knee two weeks old, seems to be fine and work. They are not acutely painful. But on, I sprained my ankle one time and had acupuncture, and it was very uncomfortable. But 30 seconds later, it was great, and it healed so much better. So there's that trade-off. If I have an animal that's had acupuncture and has some trust in it, I'll go ahead and treat him for an acute injury. And then what do you recommend to people if it's a brand-new injury and they're calling you? maybe even calling you first, would you send them to their regular Usually, Usually I'll do kind of a physical therapy type of, we'll do okay. icing and heat, um, relaxation, depending on what's going on, gentle massage. If it sounds really serious, I'll send them to their vet to make sure that it's not a fracture to get an x-ray. Cool. 
Um, and not to mean that you're not a regular vet. You you are a doctor of veterinary medicine. <laughs> oh. I, uh, I call it their family practitioner or their general yes. practitioner. Yes, the, the one they see for their vaccinations and and the they're, day-to-day yes, they're stuff. Primary, primary care veterinarian. There you go. Yes, so I apologize. <laughs> um, so we went over a little bit of maybe when an animal would need acupuncture. What's the most common phone call you get from people looking for acupuncture? Most, most commonly it is arthritis and chronic pain. Okay. Where um, a lot of times either medications have quit working or the side effects from medication have become too severe and the animal can't handle the medication. Okay. So you can do acupuncture while animals are on pain medication, other medications. They can work together. Absolutely. Cool. Um, So how big are these needles? Um, The ones that I (laughs) use are between a half inch and an inch long, and then there's a little handle on them. They actually have a ballpoint on the end, like a ballpoint pin, Hmm. where a hypodermic syringe, what you would get injected um, with a vaccine or an antibiotic injection, has a sharp pointed edge on it. And the idea with, with the hypodermic needle, when you inject, it cuts through tissue, and then you inject whatever substance you're injecting in it. With the acupuncture needles, because they're ballpoint, the idea is that it separates tissues as it goes in. And that's why they tend to be much less painful because they're not actually cutting or damaging the tissues. They're inserted kind of slowly and the tissues just separate and get out of the way and they go down between the cells and between the tissue layers. So they're fine enough. Um, They're bigger than a hair. I would say they're probably as big as three or four hairs grouped together. They're fine enough that you can you can bend them. Yeah, they're not as um, even big as like a staple. They're even smaller than that. Yeah, they're smaller than yeah. a staple. Yeah, yeah. That that diameter. That's the word I was looking for of a staple. They're they're, they're very small. Uh, we were adjusting a beagle hood. Got acupuncture nut from Holly, and well, we there was a, a a stray needle in there, so we just removed that. So they tend to <laughs> some of them stick around in very furry dogs or. They get caught in the carpet here and there. I mean, they're so so little and so not much of anything. So, you know, I, I don't know if that relieves some of the owners' uh, maybe fear about needles and um, and and doing that for their animals. Um, do the dogs or cats? Do you see cats? We can go into that in a second. But do the animals respond when you put the needles in? Obviously, you talked about two injuries, but. Yeah, generally in older dogs, they'll re- older dogs and cats with chronic pain, they generally respond by just relaxing. The first time they get acupuncture, oh, and it feels good. And every once in a while, I'll get what I call a zing, which feels like somebody just lightly tapping on your funny bone. And usually then they'll look at me and their eyes, and I just pull the needle out and just replace it in a different place. And we've just we've just bumped up against a nerve a little too close and it's gotten a little bit of a zing. And so once in a while we'll feel that. But usually what they get is just this, 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, very cool. And then how long are the needles in for? For most of the chronic conditions, they're in for 20 minutes. Um, okay. the, the exception would be animals that have some kind of a neurologic deficiency or are extremely weak. So something, if people know about degener degenerative neuropathies or degenerative myelopathies, um, in animals, they're kind of similar to conditions of MS in people. And for those guys, I just leave the needles in about six to eight minutes because it's too exhausting. Their their bodies are so deficient and tired, it's too exhausting to leave the needles in for longer. They, they just get completely wiped out. Think about having like an eight-hour massage and afterwards how tired you, you'd feel great, but you'd be totally melted and not able to get up and move. Cool. Um, and can you um, explain a little bit about those two diseases you just listed off, just real briefly? The degenerative myelopathy or peripheral neuropathies, um, neuro means nerve, and opathy means illness um, or unhealthiness. And in degenerative myelopathy, so my, that's in the spinal cord, and it's a degeneration of the nerve sheath starting at the rear of the dog, the tail, and working forward. And if you think of nerves kind of like electrical cords, the nerve itself would be the wire in the electrical cord. And then there are cells called sheath cells that surround that nerve that would act like the rubber plastic coating around the electrical cord. And if those sheath cells die, the nerve can no longer transmit energy. Um, which, you know, if you just have bare wires, you really don't get electrical conductivity through them because there's nothing to contain it. It just spreads out and goes everywhere. So in the degenerative myelopathy, those nerve sheath cells die, exposing that nerve, and then you get slowly this dysfunction where the animal loses the connection with their hind legs, and then it works up slowly forward on their body. Awesome explanation. Thank you very much. And that, the symptoms of that are the dogs are ataxic or they're looking maybe drunk in the rear or they're having trouble moving around. What other things do you see? Stumbling in the that? rear. Yeah. Um, sometimes their legs, they're just not aware of where their legs are. And sometimes they'll even turn around and look at their legs like, I told you to take a step, why didn't you? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Sometimes their legs will cross they'll get hung up, or they'll walk on the tops of their toes and knuckles instead of on the mm -hmm. bottom. They won't pick their leg up, and they'll, and they'll just stand there on the top of it, not realizing, because the brain isn't getting the information, not realizing that they're standing on the wrong side of their foot. Very nicely done, Dr. Foster. Thank you very much. As I think a lot of people go to their primary care vet, and they just mention their dog's neurologic, but they don't, and then they hand them some pills, which generally are helpful, but they don't generally even re really get what is the process and what is going on. Um, we're going to take a break, and then there's a few questions in the chat room that I want to go over, and we're going to find out more about animal acupuncture when we come back. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. 
what would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome forward. Thank you for joining me today um, on Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. And again, I invite you to join me and my guest, Dr. Holly Foster, um, with your questions and your animals. Um, we are discussing animal acupuncture. And check out just how easy it is to chat your question in live at a2zen.fm. Click on chat room along the top of the homepage. Um, if you have any other questions at a later date, you can email me directly at drandy at harpersridge.com. So, we were talking about essentially the needles of acupuncture, and they're in for about 20 minutes. Um, I have a couple questions here in the chat room. Um, one is, I have a wiggly dog. Would they have to sit still during the treatment? How do you handle that? <laughs> Most of them, if they're in chronic pain, by the end of the second or third treatment, they've figured out that it feels really good and they're very content to lay there quietly. Some of the younger ones, if I'm treating a metabolic issue or something that's not painful and they're not getting that kind of, oh, this feels great feeling, um, you can actually inject a substance into the acupuncture point using a regular hypodermic syringe. Um, so so sometimes time. animals that really won't hold still, and that's called aqua puncture. Um, and I have resorted to that for animals that are just absolutely, I'm not going to hold still. Needles are falling out everywhere, and it's just not working otherwise. And so the substance you inject, so you're using the pointy needles. We talked about how the acupuncture ones yeah. are ballpoint, but the pointy needles, then that substance sits on those um, nerve plexus and does the work, and then the animal can go up about their day. Is that generally how that works? Yeah. That's, it usually takes about 20 to 30 minutes for that substance to be absorbed from that area of the body. So in the meantime, it's creating the sensation on that point that an acupuncture needle would have created. So I'll use sterile saline or I'll use B vitamins usually um, to treat those. Just something innocuous or I think B vitamins are mildly beneficial to the mm -hmm. body to stimulate those points. What is, what's your preference? What have you, what have you seen over the last 20 needles. years? Okay. Yeah. You know, some people really like aquapuncture, and I think, I think it's um, personal preference. What I get better results using the regular needles, and I think it's because I can really use my fingers more to feel exactly where the needle's going and what's going on. 
Whereas when you inject, then you kind of, I, for me anyway, I kind of lose that feel and that connection with the animal a little more. Cool. Awesome. So we talked about most of your phone, most of the calls, most of your clients. They're actually very similar to my clientele, the older dogs, older cats, with arthritis, chronic pain stuff. Um, we do some acute stuff. Do you do you recommend or how do you use acupuncture for maybe stress-related or any behavioral issues? The most common behavioral issue that I have had really good luck with are spraying cats. Really? So, um, That's yeah, awesome. inappropriate litter box cats. And it's kind of a, I think of it as kind of an off-label use of acupuncture. It doesn't <laughs> that follow is so good to know. <laughs> it doesn't follow traditional Chinese medical theory necessarily, mm-hmm. but there are three points specifically, and I do use the, the aquapuncture in those. And um, I've had luck about 75, 80% of the time I've had good luck getting cats to stop spraying. Now, sometimes, again, especially if it occurs every spring when the kinky pheromones are high in the air, I have some clients that just call me every spring, and we treat every spring, and it gets it under control. No but the kidding. Trick is, yeah. The <laughs> I'm trick is you have to... Well, the trick is you have to treat them, and then immediately the next time they spray, you have to treat them again. Okay. And so some of them I have to treat three or four or five times. Some of them, I would say most commonly I treat two to three times, and that that takes care of it. And my, most of my repeat offenders, when I have to go back the second year, it's just one or two treatments seems to take care of it. But there are, again, there's that 20 to 25% or they're not responsive. But most of these owners are desperate because they love their cats, but they can't deal with urine on the furniture or on the walls. Um, yeah, this is a, it's, it's a huge issue. And I, ha- and I didn't know this. Holly and I have never talked about this before. This is awesome. <laughs> and Dr. Foster's actually um, works in the office uh, on Wednesdays with me here in Denver. And this has not come up. I am so glad I asked because now I have... <laughs> Um, another uh, trick in my toolbox to send people. That that's yeah, because this is, can be very frustrating for people, and I've never had anything really great for them. So this is seventy-five to eighty percent success. That's huge for this for this issue with kitties. Wow. Okay. Um, any? I'm sure you see. I see it, but a lot of times, just the. Uh, the feeling better, the 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 lack of pain, you end up getting this stress relief. I don't know if you want to call it maybe side effect or behaviors change just because they feel better too. Have you noticed that? Um, particularly crabbiness yeah. when they say, "Oh, he's been snapping at the kids," or and it's because they don't feel good and they feel vulnerable when they're painful. And if you can lessen the pain to a considerable extent. They're like, okay, I'm I'm good. I don't have to be crabby. I'm not afraid they're going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And they relax. Okay. And that's that's pretty common. Cool. Yeah. So what does a treatment cost? One of the questions here in the chat room. I'm throwing mm-hmm. that in. Um, I do, when I'm at the clinic, um, a visit is $80, and that includes the, the exam and the acupuncture. And if I do house calls, which is the other half of my practice, it's 110. Now, we talked about dogs. Do you see horses? 
I don't see Personally. horses anymore. I I treated some originally, um, but I now that I have friends that treat horses, <laughs> I send the horse people to them. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what's the what's the most unusual animal you heard getting acupuncture? Um, you know, people do birds. I have never done birds because I don't ah. work on birds in general practice anyway. Um, and again, with birds, almost always they use the aquapuncture, the injection of the of the fluid into the points because birds are not, they're very fastidious groomers. And if you try to put needles in, they're just immediately going to pull all the needles out. This doesn't belong yeah. here and this doesn't belong here. Um, <laughs> this messed up. This I have, yes. yeah, I've done llamas and goats. Okay. Sheep. I've done cows. Um, what was going on with the cow, I, I have to ask? Do you remember? Well, I had I had two. I had a, I had a huh. bull. It was a family that owned a purebred um, Simmental herd, and they had an, their old bull that um, had been their original bull that they had bred all their cows to, and he was their designated line bull. And they wanted to get one more season of breeding out of him, um, but he had arthritis in his knees and hocks, which are the equivalent of his ankles. And so he wouldn't rear back on his hind legs to mount a cow. So I worked on his, um, for his last breeding season, the last spring and summer, I worked on the arthritis in his, in his uh, knees and ankles so that he Aww. could breed again. <laughs> and then they, the same people had uh, a calf with diarrhea. So we treated the di- diarrhea calf with acupuncture. Oh, very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Um, and there are there are species differences. There are species differences between which species are more responsive. Um, and I don't know so much about birds because I don't work with them, but in the mammals, rabbits and horses are probably the most responsive to acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And you've um, had you have you've had rabbits, so you you've worked with them actually quite a bit. Yeah, you? I work with rabbits quite a bit. Um, and the reason that some species are more, what they've discovered through the miracle of modern science is that all mammals have a certain ratio of histamine and to serotonin in their bodies. Those are two neurotransmitters. And the more histamine you have and the less serotonin you have, the less sensitive you are, you are to acupuncture. The more serotonin is in that species and the less histamine in the ratio, um, the more sensitive they are to acupuncture. So the more serotonin, less histamine ratio, they're more say more that again responsive. More responsive. Yeah. Thank you. The more, what word did you more serotonin, yeah, higher serotonin, lower histamine equals more responsive to acupuncture. And histamine's produced when? Histamine is normally part of the neurologic system and it is it is a neurotransmitter that connects but it also is really involved in inflammation, specifically things like um, insect bites and insect stings, allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those the things that, that respond to Benadryl, right? Yes, the things that respond to the things that we think of as inappropriate. Yes, flare-up reactions or over-the-top flare-up reactions. Those are histamine-driven usually. Okay. 
So I know you said modern medicine, and now I, I'm I'm intrigued here. I'm like, okay, so how do they, as a species, people, not people, but as a species, you have these um, ratios. It's not like each individual animal would have. I would imagine each individual well, animal would also have these ratios that would make them yeah. respond I mean, there's slight better. differences in individuals. But if you think okay. about horses and how kind of flighty they are. Oh, there's mm-hmm. a plastic bag. I have to jump sideways. Yes. Oh, there was a funny sound under my hoof. I have to jump. And then you think about cows. Yeah, whatever. There's a big dog. I'll move over here. Whatever. It, you can kind of see the animals with the higher serotonin tend to be a little more reactive on a neurologic level. They startle more okay. easily as a species. Um, so when you think about rabbits, it's the same thing. They startle. Um, often they're the more prey species, so it behooves them to startle say, more, more easily because they can escape a predator. Right. They're more the prey species. Yeah. The ones that get eaten yeah. more than they do the eating the Okay. See, because yeah. I was, I think I was having trouble with it was because the serotonin, what I went to with serotonin was, at least with people, is that's the feel-good That's your happy hormone. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't think you would have more of that if you were more reactive. I just, I don't know. I thought I didn't. I wouldn't either. Clicking. That's okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the way it, it turns out. And there may be other neurotransmitters involved as well. And serotonin does have other uses in the body other than just the central nervous system. It actually works in the peripheral nervous system. Um, it's been implicated in some of the things like fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. and where your peripheral nerves are like overexcited and causing chronic pain all the time. Um, and it seems that serotonin seems to help some of those people with their pain symptoms. Interesting. I might have to pull out my, or at least Google neuro, you know, my neurology again. I mean, I, I use it, but, you know, the actual little neurotransmitters yeah. I haven't looked at in a while. That's awesome. Um, if and anyone has any more. are not well understood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and I still think we understand about the body is. Less than 1%? <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, and so and I think that's part of the the magic of acupuncture and the magic of chiropractic and the magic of massage and the magic of, you know, and the practice of medicine and and it's all very cool. So that well, that's awesome. I might even have to go back and listen to this conversation again and kind of wrap my brain around that. A um, couple other questions in the chat room, but let's take a break and we'll be right back with my guest, Dr. Holly Foster. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. 
This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back once again to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio. Um, along with hanging out with you every Monday on www.a2zen.fm, I do have an animal practice in Denver, Colorado, where I offer animal chiropractic care, laser therapy, um, energetic magic with animal sessions. Um, if you're in the area, you can give me a call at 303-518-3688 for your appointment. We can also do um, Beyond Animal Communication sessions on the phone worldwide, and that's where we use the um, tools and processing from Access Consciousness. Again, Dr. Holly Foster is here in the Denver metro area. Um, her business is Acupuncture for Animals. You can reach her at 303 456 4136. She does work in my office in downtown, it's not downtown Denver, but in Denver um, on Wednesdays. And um, otherwise, house calls. Are you still taking new house calls, Dr. Foster? I am. Okay, cool. Well, I'm always unsure on that question. I get it off in here. Um, <laughs> it, goes, it goes off and on, depending on when I fill up. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we talked about older dogs, arthritis. Um, what about younger animals? And you mentioned earlier a metabolic issue. So what other issues that maybe younger animals come in and see you with? And do you, and is allergies part of that? Um, does acupuncture treat allergies? So I kind of comboed both the questions that were in the chat room there. Um, you can treat allergies. Uh, allergies are one of the most difficult things, I think, to treat. Um, so they are definitely a management issue. Acupuncture is one more thing that you can add in that helps along with all of the conventional Western antihistamines and diet changes and the classic allergy injections, the desensitization allergy injections, homeopathy. Um, generally, I feel like about 50% of the allergy cases I see, I help. And that, that doesn't mean they're cured. That means they're improved some. Um, so they're tough. Other things that I see, it's not uncommon for me to see diabetics. And again, usually it's diabetics that are uncontrolled. They can't get their insulin dose controlled. And if we add that to acupuncture in, we can get them stabilized with, with insulin. So I don't use acupuncture to treat them totally but it helps and again with seizures a lot of times animals that are uncontrolled seizures even with meds if we add the acupuncture um, it can help get them get them controlled with their medications um very cool information and back to the metabolic real quick does acupuncture contribute help cure hypothyroid so low thyroid function that's very common at least here in colorado and with my clients it does a little bit. Usually for hypothyroid, I fall back on nutritional supplements and homeopathy. I've had better luck there. Um, 
seems like the, the homotoxicology, which is a branch of homeopathy, is more suited toward autoimmune diseases, and most of the thyroid that I see is autoimmune thyroid, thyroid inflammation that causes it. Mm-hmm. So I, I love your explanations. So what is homotoxicology? <laughs> so homotoxicology is a branch of homeopathy. Homeopathy, um, the basic premises of homeopathy are that like treats like. So if you have symptoms that would resemble arsenic poisoning, you would treat with the energetics of arsenic. So you're not treating with arsenic. You're treating with the energetics of arsenic. Um, and to make the homeopathic remedies, you basically take the physical substance of whatever it is and dilute it down to the point that in water that there's no physical substance left. There's only energetic signature left. Um, and then you treat with that remedy. And I tell people, the easiest way I can explain it is that all living cells vibrate. And so it's like they're singing, because singing is just vibration of vocal cords. So all cells that are alive are singing. And a sick cell vibrates at a different frequency than a healthy cell. And when you give them a homeopathic, just like if you're singing off key and I strike a tuning fork, you will automatically adjust and sing on key. If you expose a sick cell to a homeopathic, it recognizes that energy and says, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be, and then tries to get in tune with that healthy energy. Does that make sense? That's awesome. Thank you for your (laughs) – I always love getting everybody's explanation about a certain thing because sometimes that, speaking of vibration, that will resonate with somebody different than maybe somebody else explaining it. So that's that's awesome. So you do – Add that into your practice, maybe not every visit. Um, do you uh, other supplements? Do you use other supplements? Do you use Chinese herbs? I know a lot of I don't use Chinese, Chinese herbs. Um, I think that they're really powerful, and I think they do a really good job. I myself am very sensitive to Chinese herbs and have to use almost micro doses of them, and I think that's why I have never been comfortable using them because I don't get a good read. Um, Basically, I ask animals, "What you know? Do you want homeopathy? Do you want a nutritional supplement? What do you want to do?" Um, mm-hmm. And the Chinese herbs, I do have people that I refer to because I think they are great. But I think because I'm so sensitive to them, it's hard for me to get a read from the animal on what would be appropriate and what would work well with them. Very cool. I know clients come in all the time with me. We're on this Chinese herb, and they tell me the name. I'm like, "That's nice." I. You know, because there's so yeah. much under that umbrella. And then they're not in English. So no. I, I'm like, okay, I'm sure it's, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I'm I just wondering if that was part of your practice. Um, nutritional counseling, what does that look like for from you for people? And not usually people, but for their animals. Diet. Yeah, for their, yeah. their owners. Um, usually I start with diet. It's like, what are you on now? Um I really think that fresh food is hugely important in people and animals. Um, and I try to stair-step people. If they come in and they're on a fairly low-quality national brand dog food, I try to step up to the next nicest dog food. Mm-hmm. If they're on a pretty good quality dog food, I try to get them to start doing just a little bit of home cooking to add to that or buy some some of the uh, nice frozen 
um, kind of fresh frozen dog food products and add in or cat food products and add in. Um, people who really want to, I I can teach them how to home cook balanced diets for their animals, which is my preference, but I understand that everyone has time and economic constraints and not everybody can do that for their animals. Mm-hmm. And this is where Dr. Foster and I, I think, resonate the closest is, is how we handle diet and nutritional changes for people. I know some that just throw them into the deep pool and there's so much out there and I, I kind of do the same thing. I'm like, okay, you're feeding this brand. Well, this one's in that same aisle that you shop in, but we're looking at some better ingredients or we're looking at just one protein so we know what's kind of going on. And then we can, yeah, like you said, stair step up. Um, so I, I had this question in here. It's kind of a little off topic, but um, do you see people? I don't. I am I am a veterinarian, and then I have achieved all of my certifications as a veterinarian. So I am not um, not certified to see people. Now, on the flip side, can and can a person take their animal to see their licensed acupuncturist? Um, That's I not a vet. Currently, in the state of Colorado, that is illegal. That varies state by state. Um, yes. But currently in the state of Colorado, Colorado you have to be you have to be a DVM. You have to be a doctor of veterinary medicine to administer yes. acupuncture. In the state of Colorado, I yeah, like like Holly said, we have no idea what other states. You'll have to check with your with your um, what are they called? Governing boards? What, what state what's the state word board of veterinary medicine? Um, they they can help and direct you to where and what is going on in your state. Um, don't see people. I'm through the chat room here. Make sure. I get, uh, Keisha would like to know what is the most bizarre case you'd like to hear. The most bizarre case um, for actually specifically, or just in general. Hey, you know, she left it <laughs> wide open for you. <laughs> okay. Well, the most the most bizarre case was, of course, my own animal. Ah. I had a dog that had an inherited autoimmune meningitis condition. Um, and it's basically in Western medicine, you give them corticosteroids, which are drugs like prednisone, um, until they die. And that's kind of, generally death is not far, two or three years away. Um, and you just suppress the immune system. And this dog did so terribly on prednisone. She actually taught me the homotoxicology. And over the course of four years, I saw her symptoms actually reverse on the homeopathic chart just exactly like they were supposed to. And it was I just kept thinking, oh, this is too weird. This is just too weird. Oh, this can't be. Oh, this is just... But she went all the way through from the deepest meningitis to a light skin condition, and everything just gradually reversed until she was clearer of the disease the last two to three years of her life, which just... I still can't get my mind around it. From Western scientists, scientific... Uh, it, this just doesn't happen. It can't happen. Mm-hmm. So that's the most bizarre one that <laughs> I still right. sometimes think. How, how, did, how did that happen again? What was that? And again, these these incredible creatures teach us so much. Um, and you know, she taught you the, or, or showed you or led you to that the homotoxicology, which now you can contribute to all these other animals. So you know, that's awesome. 
Um, one quick question. Well, I don't know if it's quick or not. I think it might be. But um, does acupuncture help with kidney disease? This isn't odd. You can. Um, it will help if it's a chronic kidney disease, which is most of what I see. You can help stabilize, actually, the kidney enzyme values that are the blood values. Um, you can help a little bit with the anemia that sometimes goes with it. You can help with the decrease in appetite that goes with it. Um, you don't you don't reverse the disease, but you can slow the progression of chronic kidney disease with acupuncture. Awesome, awesome, cool. All right, we have our last break to go take, and then I've got, of course, I have a few more questions for my special guest, Dr. Holly Foster, veterinary acupuncturist. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Hello, hello. Welcome forward to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio um, Show. Today is Monday, May 4th. May 4th. Sorry about that. Um, I do have a telecall going on right now. It's not too late to join in. It's called Beyond Animal Communication in the Beginning. Um, if you want to jump in, we can send you the previous call and a recording. Just email me at drandy at harpersridge.com. Um, Harper's Ridge will be at, me and my team will be at the Rocky Mountain Pet Expo on May 16th here in Denver and July 28th and 29th. So we're looking out a few months. Um, Beyond Training with Susie Godsey will be here and she is the worldwide coordinator for Talk to the Animals with Access Consciousness. So all of our events, and there's more than that, and they're on the facebook.com backslash Harper's Ridge. Um, I have a follow-up to the kidney question. Um, and I think uh, Shauna. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk about Shauna's. His name's Orion, and he's um, a Rottenweiler, and he has kidney disease. And she asked about the nausea part, which may be the part you're talking about helps with the eating. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't completely go away, but it's one other thing that we can use. Um, actually, most of my chronic kidney patients have been kitties who tend to get yeah. pretty nauseous, and it does it does seem to help. Um, and I sometimes I also will just show owners some points that they can do acupressure on at home right before they feed, and a lot okay. of times that'll help. Um, where the acupuncture may not hold more than a few days, if they can do the acupressure at home right before a meal, that seems to help with the appetite as well. 
Yeah, because the nausea is a pretty common symptom to kidney disease, and then the then these animals kind of stare at their food and and and, and don't want to eat. So if we could, yeah, contribute to that, how awesome would that be? Awesome. Um, we didn't talk about we talked about your nutritional counseling and the home toxicology, but let's let's just mention mention osteopathy. Um, what is that? So the best way I can describe osteopathy, and this is, um, I took my osteopathy training from a person who was trained in Europe. So the European osteopathy training is a little different than the American osteopathy training, from what she said. Um, And the best way I can describe it is a chiropractic, and correct me if I'm wrong, but chiropractic realigns the skeleton more skeletally. And the osteopathy works with more of aligning the soft tissue and the organs. And if you align those, the skeleton will come into place. Now, having said that, watching Dr. Andy do chiropractic, her chiropractic looks more like the osteopathy that, <laughs> that I study well, because she does a little more soft tissue, a little more delicate adjustment. I, I, and I may have to actually look the word up. Maybe I should have Googled that this morning because what they told us here in the U.S., Osteopathy is using long levers to do the adjustment, and chiropractic is short levers. So I'm really now, I'm like, huh, I have to go look at the, the European realm um, and, and, and see, that's very cool, and see how that um, differs them from what, you know, I've been told what's going on here with osteopathy. And, and I think it all works, and, and you just, yeah. I think it all works, and yeah, and I tell people my chiropractic, I mean, I'm not even on quote-unquote joints probably even half the time anymore. I just kind of follow the body. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm a little different when it comes to that. I'm not very um, on the straight and narrow hardcore. This is, I only adjust these joints type thing with chiropractic. So I'm, I, does the veterinarian community now support acupuncture? Do you get referrals from the primary vets? Like, I know you've been doing this 20 years. How has that shifted for you? Um, it's, when I first got certified, I was received with everything from people who wouldn't sit next to me at a veterinary luncheon <laughs> to people who were really intrigued. Um, but I found that it was very hard to get referrals from veterinarians because it just wasn't the way they thought. Even the veterinarians that liked me and were interested in what I was doing, it just didn't occur to them to refer unless somebody specifically said, I want to get acupuncture, do you know somebody? Um, and what I actually did is I connected with, um, when I was trying to build my practice, I connected with the woman that I saw for acupuncture and some of the people that she knew because I thought if people are getting acupuncture for themselves, they're the ones that are going to be interested in getting it for their animals. So most of my referrals originally came from acupuncturists certified to work on people. Now, at this point, um, acupuncture has become much more accepted in the veterinary community. And I do get more referrals, but I think still the majority of my referrals come from clients referring, referring their friends. Or at this point, since I've been doing it for so long, clients coming back to me with other animals. And I think a lot of the clients are asking their primary vet, what about if I do this? And then they may go, sure. Sure, <laughs> sure go me. ahead. <laughs> I have no idea what you're going to get, but sure. go. You know, I do see a lot of that. I do see a lot more veterinarians at least 
at least you're getting the, yeah, sure, go ahead, try it. Or they're actually, yeah, you know, actually recommending it now. Um, I know, does the University of Colorado or, no, Colorado State. Thank you. I'm like, it's CSU, but I I wanted to get the words out for everybody. Colorado State University. Do they have the acupuncture school still? That's still up and running up they there. Do, they do still have some acupuncture training for okay. veterinarians who who uh, have their degrees. Um, okay. You went to yeah, you went somewhere else. Um, when I took it, the only place teaching it was the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society, and they are still teaching. Um, and at the time when I took it in the in 1990, they had one course a year somewhere in the United States, and you flew in four times for a week each time mm-hmm. to take the course, um, and then had a certification process with internship hours and things afterwards. Um, now CSU has a course, and I'm tr- there's one other vet school that has a course, and I can't think of Tennessee has the big physical therapy course, mm-hmm. and I can't think of the other vet school. And the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society still has courses um, and they actually now have courses in Canada, the U.S., Europe, and Australia. Oh, very So they've cool. expanded hugely. And our, we're trying to get one underway in South America recently, but haven't quite been able to pull it together. Um, very nice. And then the Chi Institute in Florida um, had a Chinese veterinarian who came to Florida to do graduate work. And people were so interested in the acupuncture there that he actually started an institute there in Florida to teach acupuncture. So there's a lot more options now. Yeah, and that's the other one I had actually heard of, the Chi Institute. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one you went to, when when people hear the term IVIS being thrown thrown around, that's what that is. Yeah. So, you know. Um, So we're going to thank you so much, Dr. Holly Foster. Next week's show is The Magic of What You Feed Your Dog with guest Chelsea Kent. Um, and you can reach me in between shows at com. You can reach Dr. Holly Foster at 303-456-4136. Um, we've got, I don't know, a whole minute, maybe even 30 seconds. Is there anything else you'd like the world to know about acupuncture? I always leave the little questions for last. Um, acupuncture is great, but you know, honestly, I think the most important ingredient in any animal's life is love. Oh, thank you yeah. so much, Holly. <laughs> you bet. Thank and, you. And, and how long have we known each other? And Holly's got lots of love for all of her, her clients and her patients. And um, thank you for being with me this week. And until we meet again, how much fun can you have with your animal? Thank you for choosing to listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. Dr. Andy will return next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atozen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, just how much magical fun can you have with your animals?